اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم وی کنٹینیو فرام ورس نمبر 261 اف سورت البقرہ وائس قال ابراہیم ربی ارینی کیف تخی الموتا قال اولم تؤمن قال بلا ولاکن لیتم ان قلبی قال فخز اربات من الطیر فسرہن الیک ثم جعل على كل جبل منهن جزءا ثم دوهن یتین کسایا ولمن الله عزیز حکیم and remember when abraham said my lord show me how you give life to the dead he said have you not believed he said yes but i ask this that my heart may be at rest He answered, Take four birds and make them attached to yourself, and then put each of them on a hill, and then call them, they will come to you in haste, and know that Allah is mighty and wise. <clears throat> uh, just well, actually one point, um, one last point from the tafsir of the previous verse that I'll cover. In Haqqaiq al-Furqan, Hazrat Khalifat al-Masih al-Abbal who has explained the difficulties that at times people face in prayer. And he says that dua mein teen mushkilat logon ko pesh aayi hain. Ek to ye ke woh khuda ki khudai aur uski hikmaton par iman nahi laate. Kism kism ki khwahishen karte hain jinka natija unke haq mein acha nahi hota. Khuda taala jab qabool nahi karta to woh nadani se dua hi ke munkar ho jate hain. Halanki agar unki ye duaon duaon duaein qabool hon to duniya fana ho jaye. Hazur said that there are difficulties that people face in the observance of prayer. One is that they do not understand the wisdom of Allah Almighty and they do not have faith in it. They have all types of different desires. And at times the conclusion or the result, the consequence of those desires is evil, it is bad. And when Allah Ta'ala does not accept such prayers and out of ignorance, they begin to deny God Almighty. That if Allah Ta'ala had accepted their prayers and accepted the prayers of such people, then the entire world would come to an end. Huzur also gave examples of how people take prayers very lightly. And this is also something that is wrong. At times, it is seen that when women become angry at their children, then as an expression of anger, they'll sometimes curse their children and even pray against them. And they think nothing of it. And also it is seen among farmers, he gave the example that sometimes they curse their animals. So this is the, how lightly they take words of prayer and how they consider it to be something insignificant. So if a person sees something as grave as prayer to be insignificant, then the consequences of their prayers or the results of their prayers will also not be there. Huzur says that then the second thing is that prayer is a hard and you have to prepare for yourself. When it comes to a special place, تو اسے قبولیت کا جامع پہننا پہنایا جاتا ہے بعض لوگ ورے ورے ہی فیصلہ کرنا چاہتے ہیں مگر یہ نہیں ہوتا تو گھبرا اٹھتے ہیں پھر بعض لوگ ایسے بھی ہیں جو اس نقطہ معرفت سے بے خبر ہیں کہ دعا ضائع نہیں جاتی بلکہ اگر وہ مقصد حاصل نہ ہو تو اس کا فائدہ ضرور ہے کہ معاشی کے نتائج اور آنے والی بلاؤں سے بچا لیتی ہے حضور ایکسپلینس دیٹ ٹائمس people don't realize that there is an effort that has to be put into prayer. And sometimes people want their prayer to immediately be accepted. But anything in life that is worthy of achieving takes time and effort. And so if their prayer is not immediately accepted, then they become disheartened. 
And also he explained another category that at times uh, people do not realize that the rejection of their prayers also has a blessing in it. And it is not that their efforts are wasted. Just because our prayers were not accepted does not mean that our efforts were wasted. But rather, even though their prayer is rejected in that instance, but they are given such blessings as ultimately save them from various trials. And it becomes a source of uh, uh, the fazl of Allah Ta'ala for them. So this is three points that Hazrat Khalifat al-Masih al-Abul who explained on the difficulties that people face when it comes to the observance of prayer. And it is something that we may be able to benefit from. On the subject of uh, faith that is described here in this verse of the Holy Qur'an, Hazrat Masih salam has explained the nature of faith and the nature of how questions are different according to the way that, the, the, according to the intention that is behind it. And he gave this example of Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam. He said that Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam ki is kissa par nazar karne se malum hota hai ki Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ki marifat aap se bhi um, uh, badi hui thi. He explains that this uh, verse shows that uh, the, this, the, the depth of understanding of uh, the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was far greater than Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam. And he goes on to explain that the Holy Prophet never asked for itmanane kalb that he may be able he may be shown something so that then his heart might find peace. So this is just a very subtle difference in the status of two very grand prophets of God. But despite that, Huzur explains that there is a blessing and there is a wisdom in the question that Hazrat Ibrahim asked as well. So it is not that it is something that he is at fault for, but there is also a grandeur within this as well. He explains that uh, quoting that iman and that I desire to have a peace of heart and explaining this Hazur says that when بلکہ وہ تو ایمان اور تقزیب کے درمیان مقام پر ہے اور تسلیم کرنے کو مشروط با اقتراع کرتا ہے پھر وہ کیوں کر کہہ سکتا ہے کہ میں ابراہیم کی طرح اتمنان قلب چاہتا ہوں so here Huzur is explaining that when someone seeks clarification but they seek it for the sake of having the most basic level of faith then they do not stand on a station of faith but they are actually in a position of agnosticism because the clarification that they receive will decide whether they will believe or whether they will disbelieve. So this is a completely different type of question. So when Hazrat Ibrahim asked, how is it that the dead are brought back to life? Then it was not a question from a position of doubt, but it was a question from a position of seeking reassurance. And there is a huge difference between the two. So this is also relevant whenever the, we, we ask a question whether it is directed towards something that Allah Ta'ala has taught or Islam has taught or the Khulafa have taught. Because the first thing that we evaluate is what is the intention behind the question. If the intention behind the question is from a perspective of seeking itmanane qalb, of seeking reassurance, then it is something that comes within the etiquettes of Iman. But if a person asks a question from outside the circle of Iman, while claiming himself to be a believer. So this is where it goes outside of etiquettes and this is why at times there's corrections that are made and such questions are very much disliked as well. So it is not the question in and of itself that is at fault, but it is the intention behind it. 
If a disbeliever asks a question saying that why did Allah Almighty say this in the Quran or why did the Holy Prophet say this or why did Huzur say this? Why did your Khalifa make this statement? But they're, they're straightforward saying that as a disbeliever. They say that if you convince me then I will accept it but if you don't convince me then I will disbelieve in it. So this is a question that is asked not for itmanani kal, but it is asked for the clarification of the truth. But if someone who claims to be a believer in that Khalifa or that Prophet or whoever it is asks a question from this perspective, then it goes against the etiquettes of that faith. And so the way that we receive that question and the way we react to it becomes very different. So this is a, a, a difference between these two types of questions. So Hazrat Ibrahim was not asking a question for, uh, to decide whether he believed that Allah Ta'ala could bring the dead to life or not. But it was for the uh, enhancement of faith so that he would have certainty in it. Explaining this, Hazrat Muslim who says that Iman ke baad laakin ka lafaz rakha gaya hai, jo istidraq ke liye aata hai. Yani usse murad ye hai ki mujhe Iman to hai, ki Khuda Ta'ala murde zinda kar sakta hai, lekin mein isse ek zaid baat chaata hoon. Or wo ye ki mere dil ko bhi itmenaan hasil ho jaye. कि तू मेरी कौम के साथ ऐसा सलूक करेगा जैसे एक शख्स जो बीमार हो उसे ईमान तो हो सकता है कि खुदा ताला बीमारों को अच्छा कर सकता है लेकिन इत्मीनान नहीं हो सकता कि उसे भी अच्छा कर लेगा या इत्मीनान खुदा के बताने से ही हो सकता है हुजूर सेज दैट हियर द फेथ दैट इज बीइंग स्पोकन ऑफ इज वन वेयर हजरत इब्राहिम अलैहि सलाम वाज सर्टेन दैट अल्लाह ताला कुड ब्रिंग द डेड टू लाइफ but it is only for extra uh, certainty that he was asking Allah Ta'ala. He was saying that my heart may be pleased and may find uh, certainty in knowing, in seeing how it is that you bring nations that have died back to life and rejuvenate them. Huzur gave the example that if a person is sick, then although he believes that sick people can be brought back to health, but he does not have itminan until he sees himself being brought back to health. Or if Allah Ta'ala gives him an assurance individually that you will be brought back to health. So this is the difference between Iman and the Itminan that is described. Huzur goes on to explain that Bas Iman to Amr Ghaib ke mutalik hota hai, jo insan ki aankhon se ojil hota hai, aur kisi cheez ke hone ya ho sakne ke mutalik usko yakine kamil ko zahir karta hai. Lekin Itminan ka lafiz do cheezon ke mukabla mein istimal hota hai. Ek shak ki mukabla mein aur dusre karbo istirab ki mukabla mein. So Zuri says that Iman is something that is about the unseen. It is something that there is some concept of doubt about but he believes in it despite that. But Itminan refers to something different. And Itminan can apply to two different things. One is that a person is seeking Itminan, a person is seeking peace of heart for a doubt that he has in his mind. And another one is that he has a restlessness within himself to further and better understand something. So these are the two places where a question for itminan comes up. And this is something that we should also ask ourselves, that if someone asks us a question, then from what perspective is this question coming? Because to be able to correctly address the source of the question, that is necessary, it is important. So if someone is asking us a question as a disbeliever, it comes from a perspective of shak. But if it is being asked by a believer, then it is being asked from a perspective of istirab and karb, karbur istirab. Now this also applies when we engage with uh, fellow Ahmadis. There are sometimes Ahmadis who are in the habit of raising questions and there are things that strike us as being unusual. They strike us as being off, of going against idraki khilafat and adbi rasul and adbi khilafat. But maybe we're not able to understand why it is that that's there. 
And at times such people seek to confuse the issue to say that a reluctance to answer the question is because of a failure to properly understand the question or know the answer or that it goes against academic discussions to have a hesitation to answer questions. So from the Ahmadiyya perspective, there is no academic or intellectual hesitance to approach any question. But adab is something that is definitely a part of what Ahmadiyya teaches. And this is something Hazrat Masimah taught many times. He's quoted a Persian couplet countless times of how adab and respect is something that is a necessary part of any kind of relationship between a murid and a murshid which is essentially what bayat is and the relationship between Hazrat Masimah and his jamaat is and between khilafat and those who have done bayat to khilafat is. So at times we will see that some, very few, but some Ahmadis raise a question where of course the answer is something that can be answered from an intellectual perspective. And we would very easily address it or explain it or engage in that conversation if it was asked by someone who was a non-Ahmadi. There would be no restlessness of heart. There would nothing seem unusual about it. But when it is asked from an Ahmadi then there is something about it that throws us off. It is something that we feel that goes against the adab of iman that that person himself by his own choice has already accepted in the bayt that he has done. And so this is actually the source of that restlessness. We recognize that this person is not asking a question from karb or iztirab. He is asking a question from shak. And he is not seeking clarification. But we suspect that this person is asking a question that if he does not receive a satisfactory answer, then he disbelieves in it entirely. He disagrees with this teaching of Islam. He disagrees with this saying of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. If he is not convinced that this statement of huzur is something that has wisdom in it or is something that he can be convinced of, then he rejects this guidance of the Khalifatul Masih. So this is where something that, whether we know the terminology or understand the philosophy behind it or not, but just innately we understand the, uh, pre the prerequisites of adab and respect that exist within the relationship of one who has done bayt to a prophet of God and to a khalifa. So this is the diagnosis that starts from the beginning. And so for a person to say that he is only seeking itminan in the way that Hazrat Ibrahim salam taught while asking from a perspective of shak, there as I went over in the quote earlier, Hazrat Masimah salam says that those two have no comparison. The question of Hazrat Ibrahim salam was completely different. So Zur goes on to say that wo itminan jo shak ke mukabla mein hota hai وہ یہاں مراد نہیں بلکہ وہی اطمینان مراد ہے جو کرب اور استراب کے مقابلہ میں ہوتا ہے کیونکہ اس سے پہلے اس بات ایمان موجود ہے سو حضور سیز دیٹ دیٹ اطمینان دیٹ پیس آف مائنڈ دیٹ از اسٹینڈس اگینسٹ ڈاؤٹ دیٹ از ناٹ وٹ از ریفر ٹو ہیئر دیٹ از ناٹ وٹ حضرت ابراہیم علیہ السلام کوشچن واز اباؤٹ بٹ ہیئر وٹ از مینٹ از دی پیس آف مائنڈ دیٹ کمز ایز اے ریزلٹ آف دیٹ ریسٹلیسنیس ٹو انڈرسٹینڈ the thing that a person has believed in. Because he says that um, because before the asking of this question, the establishment of faith is something that is present. So this is a point that I think is quite relevant when we engage in such discussions among ourselves, within the Jamaat, with fellow Ahmadis, that the first thing that we should ask is a question that if everyone in this majlis is somebody who of his own choice has given bayt to the Khalifatul Masih and is a member of Jamaat Ahmadiyya under the Khalifatul Masih, then we come under the subject of adab. And that is something that applies. adab rasul and adab khalifa idraq khilafat all of these questions now apply to this majlis. They are not things that apply to any other majlis. They are not things that any other group of people might even understand. In fact, even if one person joins a discussion who is not 
Someone who has given bayt to the Khalifa, even he may not understand that adab, the adab of that majlis because he has never lived under an imamat. But the moment we are sitting in a majlis of Ahmadis, this is the uniqueness of that majlis. And here what we should always ask ourselves, we who are the ones who are the representatives and the ones who seek to establish the, uh, the, the principles of Khilafat wherever we are, then where is this question coming from? Not from an intellectual perspective of what is the correct answer, what is the convincing answer, all those debates and questions come later. But where is this question coming from? Is it from the perspective of kyunki usse pehle is iman Is faith established beforehand? Or is it coming from the perspective of doubt? If it is coming from the perspective of doubt, then that is a question that should first be addressed. It is not, it is useless to go into a debate or a discussion before this question is addressed. Because if in that majlis there is not clarity as to whether we are all uniform on the bayt that we have given, on isbati iman, on being established in faith, and we are discussing for the sake of clarification, but if that assumption is overlooked and we assume that assumption is there even though it is not there, and then we go into a discussion on uh, you know, the wisdom behind a certain guidance or a commandment or a, or, or a teaching, Whereas one person is asking from the perspective of shak and the other person is answering from the perspective of karbo istirab, then that discussion is something where there is a complete disconnect. Naturally, frustration arises there. And it is something where the question can never be answered, nor can the question even in the first place be understood, because a person, we have not understood that question in the majlis in the first place. So this is a point of adab that I wish that everyone should have very clearly in mind, and we should establish in practice in our majadis, that whenever a question arises, we ask, that is it coming from itminade kalb that is in response to shak, or is this question from the perspective of itminade kalb that comes from response for karb or istirab? And it doesn't mean that necessarily if someone is asking something from shak that we immediately condemn them and say that now you should choose between jamaat or naad and so on and so forth. It just means being straightforward. Of course, everybody goes through a difficulty at times where they're trying to find what the truth is, and maybe they have some doubts as well. It's something that is a natural part of the human condition. But at least a person should be straightforward about it. And then they should seek for the clarification of it. And then also they should seek with prayers as well. But there should be a clarity and a straightforwardness within that conversation. It should not be something that is convoluted with hypocrisy and a cowardice and a fear. So this clarity is something that is necessary. Huzur goes on to say that Hazrat Ibrahim salam ka iman tha ki khuda taala ihyaye mota kar sakta hai magar wo apni qoum ke mutalliq bhi ye itminan hasil karna chahte the ki us par ilahi fazl nazil ho uske ilahi fazl nazil hoga aur wo bhi zinda qoum ban jayegi he says that Hazrat Ibrahim salam knew that Allah taala can bring the dead to life but he wished to know how Allah taala would bring his people out of their spiritual death into a state of life and how through the fazl of Allah Ta'ala this miracle would come about happening. Uh, then Hazrat Muslim one who explains how misconceptions have arisen as to the interpretation of this verse. And some people believe that here what is meant is that four birds should be taken and then they should be ground up into minced meat and then four parts of that minced meat should be taken and put on different mountains, and then it should be called, and then those, um, you know, that, that kima or that, uh, you know, that ground beef will come flying towards a believer somehow miraculously. So Azur said that this literal interpretation is something that has no wisdom in it, nor does it go according to the language, nor is it necessary from the language of the verse anyways. Firstly, this idea of cutting up and mincing and ground, grinding these birds 
This is a misinterpretation of the word of Fasurhunna ilaika. It's true that surhunna can mean to cut and mince something. But when the word ila comes afterwards, then the primary meaning there is to, uh, uh, the, the translation here is given that, uh, make them attach to yourself. So although the meaning of mincing something is there, but it is not something that applies when the word ila is there. فَسُرْهُنَّ ilaika. So make them attach to you. So this is the first point of misunderstanding which is clarified in the wording of the verse itself. Then also here it says that ijal ala kulli jabali minhuna juzaan that uh, the wording is that then put each of them on a hill or the word juzaan is he used here that put a part of each of them on a hill. So this is also taken to mean that this wording seems to indicate towards the fact that now the birds have been made into minced meat and so now you take a part from that hole and then put it on each of the hills. So Hazur refuted this point as well by pointing out that the Holy Quran has used similar language of the word juz'un elsewhere to refer to a group of people, not to people's meat being minced. Allah Ta'ala says in the Holy Quran in Surah, uh, in, in one verse, that inna jahannama la mawiduhum ajma'een laha sabatu abuab that certainly uh, the punishment of hell has been prepared for the disbelievers altogether and it has seven doors and for each doors is a part for them that a part of them is, uh, uh, is assigned a particular door so here Hazur says that the group of the kuffar are being referred to but nobody in the history of Islam has ever interpreted the word juz'un here to mean that all of the kuffar are minced into ground beef and then one part is put in front of one door and the other part is entered through another door. It's always taken to mean that whenever you're referring to a group, then the word juz'un means that one from among that group. So this also applies to the birds. When the kuffar are referred to and the word juz'un is used, then obviously it means that some from among the kuffar will enter hell through this door. Others will enter through that door. Others will enter through that door. So also when a group of birds are being referred to, four birds, then juz'un means that one bird is to be placed on one mountain and the other on the other mountain. So this is the Quranic precedence for the usage of this language. So these are two points on semantics, not of direct spiritual benefit to anybody listening. But the reason I went over it is because this is a very common um, interpretation of this verse and an immediate interpretation of this verse that um, is believed in by many non-Ahmadi Muslims. And so the reason why we have a different, a different interpretation, a metaphorical interpretation, is based on a linguistic basis, on a precedence that's found in the Holy Quran that we can explain and that we can prove. So, you know, when we come across this verse, we can explain why it is that we hold the belief that we do on the correct interpretation of this verse. It's not just a metaphorical interpretation that's coming out of nowhere, but it has a basis on the usage of language. So with these points, we'll end today's daris, and if there's anyone who has any questions, and we can address them.